Hello, Faith Church. I'm Nate, and I just want to say I'm so happy that you are here today with us. If you're joining us online or in person, I'm so happy because I get to introduce Gwen. When uh, about two years ago, I was the DeWitt campus pastor, and now that is Jesus Church, and we're praising God for everything that God is doing through Jesus Church. But coming here full time, I got to meet Gwen. Gwen's a greeter here, and she has an infectious smile. I love seeing her smile every day. <laughs> and uh, there was something that happened. Evan decided to go on sabbatical. And when he did, she told me, what am I going to do now with Evan on sabbatical not getting Evan's hug? So I got to fill in for Evan's hug. I got to be Nate's hug for Gwen. And that was awesome. And I enjoyed that. I got to know her. And getting to know her, I found out she was a retired social worker. And uh, she has an incredible sense of humor. That's important to me. I love to laugh. And she made me laugh all the time. So I, uh, we do this thing as a staff called Staff Church once a month. And we gather together, we sing a couple of songs, and then somebody comes with an encouraging word. And I've asked multiple people to do that uh, from our congregation, and we've heard tremendous stories. Every one of them have been incredible. One in particular, Gwen, when she shared, Kirk said right afterwards, I want her to share that with our congregation. So that's where we find ourselves today. A little different, but we cannot wait for you to hear Gwen's story. So would you please welcome Gwen to the stage. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Oh, I am wired. Okay, that's good. Um, I am honored uh, to be here. I um, came at Nate's request. Um, he gave me something else. He gave me, okay, Gwen. Don't be nervous. And I said, you know, Nate, if I still have any nerves left, that'd be a miracle. So we'll just say I'm 75, no nerves, no worries, right? And tell a good joke. So I had to go back and think about that. There was this mother on a Sunday. She went into her son's room and said, cooking breakfast, get up. So she left, came back about 15 to 20 minutes later. She said, you're not up. What's the deal? It's time. Let's go. I don't want to go to church. I don't like those people, and they don't like me. So why do I have to go? You're the pastor, that's why. <laughs> so, in Peter, in the Bible, well, first of all, let's go back. I stand here, I look at these calendar, or calendars, and I see the time. I look at these candles, and I'm thinking, you know, if, when it was dark before all this light here, it was like, that must be what it felt like to be when the shepherds were watching their sheep, and the angels came out, and the stars were twinkling. And that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm in this Christmas heavenly place. And I wanted to also thank the staff that did all these decorations that we could sit here and feel this comfort. Now, back to where I was. <clears throat> one of the things I will apologize for, only one, I, when people know me and talk to me, they might notice I 
go to point A, and then I might go over here to F, I might come back to B, might go. And so in order for me to stay focused and people understand what I'm saying, I'm reading it, okay? And, and, and you'll appreciate that, I'm sure. <laughs> In the Bible, 1 Peter 3.15 states, If someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. And Pastor Nate did ask, and so I am telling my life story and the goodness of God in my life and to suggest to you to look for angels in your life as I did. So I challenge you all, if you don't understand how I would have hope and believe in God, then feel free when I am finished to tell, talk with me about that. <clears throat> my story of my life took many turns. I often say to myself, how did I get from there to here? I was born in Chicago while my parents were attending Moody Bible Institute. After they graduated, we moved to Cadillac, Michigan. Prior to becoming a minister, my dad served as a missionary. He was a chalk artist, a ventriloquist, and a magician. During these services, we would sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. And I carried this song with me to adulthood. When I was about four years old, my father chose to have an affair with a woman who became my stepmother. Shortly after that, my mother was admitted to a state hospital as she had a nervous breakdown due to the situation between my father and the other woman. During my mother's stay in mental hospitals, she received five electric shock treatments. My mother was a highly intelligent person, but after the treatments, not much was left. When I was able to visit her, she did not know me. My grandmother came to live with us after mother went away. My grandmother was a special person. She called me Gwenny. She was funny, strong-willed, and caring. She also gave me an I-can-do attitude. I wanted a bike like my sister's. It was a big bike. Why should I have this little bike? No was the answer. We can't afford it. So I don't know how many of you have tried to ride a bike, a big bike, without sitting on the seats, just riding along, pedaling. No. I rode standing up. Grandma told me I could do it, so I did. When I was five, we moved to Traverse City. Why my father and stepmother were on a trip, my grandmother passed. I needed to go to the bathroom, so grandma turned on the light switch, fell down the stairs, broke her neck, and died. My one favorite person who spoiled me and loved me so much was gone. The one person in my life who showed me so much love and protected me from my stepmother. Grandma interfered when my stepmother attempted to abuse me. When I was about seven years old, we moved to Grand Rapids. This became a scary time for me as my stepmother became physically and emotionally abusive daily. By physical abuse, I don't mean a spank on the bottom. I mean beating my back until there were welts, pulling my hair, throwing me against walls, and banging my head against walls. I attended school 
with bruises and marks on my face and body. In Hebrews 1.14, it states, Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. One day, I was late for school due to the anger of the stepmother who became angry and threw me against the wall, all due to me forgetting to put the cap on the toothpaste. So my head hurt, I was busy, and became lost on the way to school. Thankfully, an adult crossing guard helped me get to school. So when I finally arrived at school, my angel teacher contacted Children Protective Services due to many bumps and bruises on my face and arms. These bumps and bruises were always present. Back in the day, child abuse and neglect was considered family abuse, family business, not anyone else. Police came to school, and I was removed from my home and placed in a residential foster care, Bethany Christian Home, which currently is for sex offender treatment. It was the best two years of my childhood. No one yelling at me daily. No one hitting me. No one calling me names or being crazy. I had friends being in the children's church choir, birthday cake, and Christmas presents. After two years, I was returned home to the exact same situation. I attempted to run away. I thought I could get back to Bethany because I didn't know where I was. Not happening. I hid out at a friend's house for two days. Finally, her mother discovered me and contacted the police. I was told by the police, if I ran away again, I would be sent to detention. So now I'm in a different city, different school, and no one bothered to take notice of my situation. I still kept singing, Jesus loves me. I attended church with a friend and was baptized. Now, let me tell you, this was a scary thing, okay? It was not your little trough or whatever we baptize here. It was a pool, okay? And I don't know how to swim. So when I was ducked under and came up, I thought maybe I was in heaven because I just it was like, oh. But I, I lived through it, obviously. In my daily life, in an attempt not to go to bed having nightmares, I would read books. That was instead of studying. The librarian was an angel who was so kind to me and was the only staff in the entire high school who gave me love. And I visited the library frequently. Books gave me an escape from reality. Now, most of the time, my father was participating in the physical abuse. When he returned from work, he would take me down to the basement, even though she had dished out her portion during the day, and spanked me with a paddle made of wood. But one day, my sister was washing by back, and she saw many wells. She called my dad to come in and look. After that, when we went to the basement, he would hit his workbench instead of me and told me to cry out. He attempted to discuss this with my stepmother, but she became angry and would not talk to him. After he stopped, or after he started hitting me again, 
the bench. She didn't know it was the bench. Then they resumed their relationship. She thought he was carrying out her wishes. Now, my father and mother graduated from Moody Bible Institute, and my stepmother graduated from Great Lakes Bible College. Two out of three professed Christians participated in abuse and neglect of a child. I graduated from high school at age 16. While as a senior, I worked as a co-op student. I met another girl who was an angel who noted my various marks and bruises. She indicated her and her mom would help me move to the Women's YWCA in Grand Rapids. So I contacted the police to see if I could leave home prior to 18. They informed me as long as my parents didn't come after me or I didn't get arrested, I could leave. Well, you know, I left. I learned a lot in the next couple of years. I stayed away from anyone who spelled trouble. Of course, I didn't realize initially that my roommate was trouble. She showed me an important thing. She showed me how to use lard to grease down the house mother's car on Halloween Eve. It was kind of fun, but I felt bad later to see this old lady in her plastic raincoat washing down her car. We also thought it would be helpful to put bubble bath in Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids downtown water fountain. It did make the newspaper. They just forgot to put my picture there. Now, I had to draw the line at raiding the boys' dormitory at Davenport College. I couldn't comprehend for the life of me how boys' underwear is anything besides dirty and nasty would be something fun to see. (laughs) Many people encouraged me to drink beer. I'll never forget my first beer. Keeping in mind that I had been informed If I got in trouble, I would be returned home. So my first drink at a party involved me taking numerous sips and asking people continuously if I was drunk yet. They all got a kick out of that. At age 17 and currently, I had and have a low tolerance for alcohol. So I was very careful. I lived a couple years on high alert that my parents would find me. But then I finally figured out they didn't love me, so why would they come after me? I moved with a friend to Lansing. A few years, I made a few bad decisions. Later, I married the father of my children. I became employed as a file clerk for the state of Michigan. I worked my way up the clerical ladder to where I was eligible to apply for administrative assistant position. I was so excited. I knew, I knew this position was gonna lead me somewhere. I was just like, so I recall Matthew 17, 20. If you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move, and nothing would be impossible 
This became my mantra for two weeks till I was hired. Yes, I was hired. The angel boss in this position was a very intelligent woman who I admired. I'm sorry to say she passed away too early. She asked why I did not have children. I responded that I read abuse is transgenerational, and I was scared I would hurt my children. She indicated that she believed I was smart enough not to do so. So I believed her, and I did give birth to two great, intelligent children. I was still anxious that I did not attend college. So how could I parent such smart kids? While working in that position, an angel professor from MSU who was employed on the same research project approached me and said, hey, why did you not attend college? I said, because I was stupid and received bad grades through high school. She stated they would give me a professional pay to work on a research project at MSU, work around my classes, and my kids' schedule. Hmm. Okay, what do I have to lose? I requested my high school transcript be sent to MSU. However, they sent it to me. And when I looked at it, I couldn't understand the meaning of various IQ tests. Tests were given to me multiple times. I contacted the school, I had been graduated for a while, who indicated they would get back to me. They did and stated, someone must have thought I had potential that wasn't showing up on my grades. Great. Someone had believed in me, and I never knew that. As in my home, growing up with a stepmother, I was told I was stupid, going to be crazy like my mother, and that I was placed in Bethany because I was bad. Well, I believed all that until one day in the local newspaper, there was an article telling of Bethany Christian Home that was for abused and the neglected children. What? Anyways, I discussed my transcript with a professor who indicated that I was not smart, but, or not smart, not smart I was, not stupid, but smart. In fact, I noticed it was the same numbers as this other professor who used to brag to me about his IQ. And he used to say, how difficult it was to tolerate low IQ people. <laughs> so I proceeded to show him my test scores and ask him what it all meant. And he almost fell over, but he, he did say, well, that's, that, that's, the, that, that, that's the same as mine. I said, oh, okay, I just thought I'd check. <laughs> it was at about that time when I was 35 years old, I realized God did give me a brain. I wasn't stupid and probably not crazy. Well, I am kind of crazy, but not. <laughs> That's right. So Jesus loved me. So I attended MSU, graduated at the top of my undergraduate class. I studied to be a social worker so I could help others. 
I wanted to help children who were going through what I did as a child. A friend said I should get paid for what I did naturally. I went to Ingham County and applied to be a CPS worker. No openings. I still asked the personnel clerk to just show my resume to one of the supervisors. My resume included, yeah, I graduated well, but I also facilitated children's support groups at a local shelter. I was a marriage counselor, and I counseled court-appointed delinquents. So I prayed. Timothy 1.7 states, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardness or fear, but of power and of love, of sound judgment and personal discipline. So by gosh, let's sink. Should I have stood up for myself? Yes. So I prayed requesting if that was God's will, I would be able to do that work. Well, I did. And I love the job. And I most humbly, quite humbly, almost, say I was darn good at it. I was able to understand what children were going through, and children put their faith in me to help them out. Not an easy job. Was at gunpoint a couple of times. Had enough a knife thrown at me, etc. I also served as a delinquency worker, a heartbreaker, as I saw the same children that came from the homes that I had previously been at. It was, I was also blessed that the state paid for me to receive a master's degree. And again, I graduated at the top of my class. I also taught a community psychology class. I've been divorced for a few years. And then I met John. <laughs> the second person who has spoiled me, Grandma and John, we have been married 20 years. We've had our ups and downs. But God has been with us. And yes, Jesus loves me. I was scared to marry him as I'm five years older. So I turned him down a couple times because I thought, you know, years from now, is he going to want to wake up next to this old lady face on his pillow? So I thought that I should spare him that, okay? I met him. Down, well, I turned him down. I said that a couple times. I met him down by the river at MSU. I passed him and saw he was reading a book titled The Road Less Travel. I asked him what road he was on, and then I moved on. I couldn't understand. Why did I speak with him? What the heck? <laughs> he replied, and I kind of thought he was okay looking. I didn't look that close except at some awful, ugly shoes. We went out for coffee a few times. We went to movies. I never let him pay as I considered him a friend. One day when we were at a movie, I actually looked at him and noticed he was hot. <laughs> so what was he doing with me? So I prepared. I'm going to break up with him. I'm not going to. You know, he's, he needs to get out there and get himself some young-looking whatever, right? So, also, it was costing me my money because I was not allowing him to pay, okay? So, he always offered to pay, though. One day, he picks me up 
one day, he said, we're going to go to a nice restaurant, and he'll pay. Now, it was strange. He comes to the door. We get out to his car, and he's hurrying up, opening the door. He never did that before, you know, just get in the car, go. So now, we did that, pull up in front of the restaurant. He hurries up, gets out, opens the door again. I'm going, what? What is going on? How am I going to now say, okay, I don't want to see you anymore. I got it. Maybe I'll wait till next time. So he proceeded to tell me that he would, I could order anything, and he would pay for it. I thought, okay, I can let that happen one time. <laughs> he proceeded to tell me he saw the love of God and the love of people in my face and wanted to get me know, to get to know me better. I asked him if anyone ever told him he was a hottie. <laughs> well, that's instant. We got married, and he loved me and still loves me the way I am. No change is required usually. Every day, every day I write in my prayer journal, thank you, God, for the gift of today. Yes, I am still here another day. How will I unwrap this gift? Another angel of my recent years, Pastor Evan. He has listened to me when I was troubled. And Pastor Nate encouraged me to speak today. He had confidence I could do this. And Kurt, he encouraged me to just be me. And I replied, I wouldn't know who else to be. <laughs> Bottom line, if you don't believe in miracles and that God doesn't send angels, angels, then I guess you didn't listen carefully. I could have been a drug addict or a bitter person like my sister or be living on the streets. I had faith. I knew Jesus loved me, and he still loves me. And I know his eye is always on me. God has given me the power and strength to get from Gwenny to the 75-year-old woman who still trusts and loves him. This is the, now, this is the season of great joy to the world. As the angel says in Luke 2.10, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I would like to read the definition of joy someone gave me. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in all things. I would like to pray with you. Thank you for listening to me. Bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for being in this room today. Thank you for knowing everyone in their heart. Thank you for letting them know that you are always there for them. Thank you for bringing angels into my lives, into other lives, 
And help us remember, yes, this is the season of joy. This is the time we make merry because of your birth. But help us remember every day of the year is a reason to have joy in our hearts. Amen.